0: Welcome to episode 228 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information strategy and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Halver, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're back with another edition of the ADP Market Report, going to check in on this past week's biggest risers and fallers in terms of underdog adp unsurprisingly our biggest riser this week is baker mayfield as a result of his trade to the carolina panthers the browns finally rid themselves of the mayfield situation and carolina gets a new starting quarterback mayfield is up to quarterback 27 on underdog his current adp is 198.9 i don't believe that this is the end of his rise he's probably going to continue to rise so what are your initial thoughts on the baker mayfield Trade and how it affects the fantasy landscape.
1: Yeah, so I think that just in terms of Baker Mayfield's value, it obviously increased, right? We know now that he's going to be the quarterback one for the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold obviously isn't a factor. Matt Corral isn't a factor at this point. And I definitely think it's an upgrade for the Panthers in real life. I am kind of skeptical that it's an upgrade for the other skill position players on the offense. Like, I just don't know if this increases DJ Moore's value, Robbie Anderson's value, you know, Christian McCaffrey's value, et cetera, just because. Baker is you know he he's an average NFL quarterback, right? He he's not an elevator at the position, right? He he's not going to make other guys better. His ceiling is still relatively low just from a week to week basis and he's currently the quarterback 27. I could see him getting up to, like, quarterback 23, 24 max. So I think we'll see a slight increase. So just for those reasons, I, w- I would still be buying Baker. I think you'll get some closing line value with him. But I- I'm still skeptical about if it really is an upgrade or not.
0: Yeah, I mean... Didn't you say the other day that Baker Mayfield's like a fifteen percent increase over Sam Darnold?
1: Yeah, I think I think he's like fifteen to twenty five percent. He So he's an upgrade for sure. Like I I should say that he's a, he's an upgrade for sure over Sam Darnold. But it's not like it's not like DJ Moore should should be moved up like. Th- four or five spots because baker is his quarterback now like i I just don't think it changes much in terms of the skill position players and where they're going
0: no that's fair i guess it does give us clarity on what stacks we can build it obviously makes baker the go-to stack for dj Moore at this point i agree that i think his adp will continue to rise you phrased it well with closing line value so i think he's still a good draft pick right now if he's going at quarterback 27 because i imagine that he settles in you know somewhere in that 20 range 20 to 23 matt ryan daniel jones zach wilson i could see him settling in somewhere in that range in terms of underdog ADP. so uh i would continue to buy him just from a price perspective i'm a little bit more bullish on him and what it does for the Panthers offense, but we can get to that in the coming weeks as we discuss our running back and wide receiver rankings in terms of some of the other risers a lot of these guys i I think are just wide receivers that are becoming more solidified as the go-to late round picks for a lot of the offseason it's just people taking the guys that they like and then it sort of consolidates around guys that you know the general community sort of agrees on that these guys should be drafted higher and then you know they start getting talked up i think nico collins fits into that he's been talked up a bit as a a guy who could ascend on the Houston Texans depth chart he's up to wide receiver 78 up almost 10 spots from his ADP last week I think some of this is due to the reports about John Mechie not being fully healed from his ACL he's one of our top fallers Brandon mm-hmm. Cook's 28 years old and other than that Nico Collins is said is I think to be the wide receiver too in Houston
1: yeah and you know just from a prospect standpoint he has a, a very good prospect profile like you know he's kind of like your prototypical ex-wide receiver in the NFL he's big he has good speed for his size had a good college dominator so I think just from that perspective he's a good buy and then I think from an overall target upside perspective i think drafting him you know at his adp of 182 and a half wide receiver 78 makes a ton of sense and i think people just underestimate how good davis mills actually was last year you know he he was better than trevor lawrence and, and justin fields and, and zach wilson right you, you can make the argument that davis mills was the second best rookie quarterback last year behind mac jones i think that with davis mills nico collins and, and brandon cooks they they have a, a, a little trio work in there and nico collins should be an every down player pretty much and i think he definitely has target upside this year especially if Mechie isn't ready to go uh to begin the season so it's really just cooks and nico collins on the depth chart
0: yep couldn't agree more i've been buying nico all summer i loved his free price tag it's definitely getting up there but i'll be continuing to buy Paris Campbell another player who is continuing to rise week after week he is now up to wide receiver 76 and it feels to me like Campbell's just always a player that we as like the fantasy community has wanted to work out. And, you know, he's healthy now, so we're right back in, like we always have been. The Colts still lack proven pass catchers outside of Michael Pittman. T.Y. Hilton is absolute dust at this point. And then they have Alec Pierce, the second-round rookie. But Campbell should hypothetically step in and be the wide receiver, too, behind Michael Pittman the only question is can he finally put it together and stay healthy for a full year
1: Yeah obviously that's the concern with Paris Cam- Campbell is just his lack of a ability to stay healthy and obviously as fantasy analysts we maybe try and predict injuries a little too much so I definitely would be in on Paris Campbell just because injuries can be a little bit fluky so at his current ADP of 176.8 so going right around Nico Collins wide receiver 76 I think that you definitely have to take shots on Campbell there's a there's a, a realistic possibility that he's the second highest targeted player on the offense this year if he plays 17 games so I think If that's in his range of outcomes, you definitely have to take stabs at Paris Campbell in best ball as, you know, 15th, 16th round pick for sure.
0: Yep. I like him. And theoretically the best quarterback situation they've had in a little while with Matt Ryan over the likes of Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers, who who Campbell's played with previously. So I like Paris Campbell. Our last riser I feel like worth discussing is Alan Lazard and... We talked about Lazard on an an episode of players that we are fading. I maintain that perspective. I'm surprised that he is rising. I feel like he's already been going entirely too high now up 4.7 spots, which isn't too much of a rise. But at the same time, when you're in the 80s, you know, that's a that's a relatively big spot relative to where you're going in the draft. So now he is going at pick 84 wide receiver 41. I'm still off him. I still feel like he should be going, you know, a good eight rounds later. But how, how do you feel mm. about Alan Lazard right now?
1: Yeah, I still have the same thoughts that I did on, you know, our podcast a couple weeks ago where we where we talked about um, Alan Lazard and how he was the worst uh, wide receiver pick in fantasy football. And I, I don't <laughs> think anything has changed. I think people are just trying to talk themselves into some of these Packers wide receivers just because... Aaron Rodgers is throwing them the football when in reality they have one of the worst wide receiver groups in the league. And I, I don't have much faith in
0: them. Nothing to differentiate any of those pass catchers from the other. So I don't see why one is going in, you know, this spot and everyone else is going later, especially when this one, Alan Lazard, is primarily used as a blocker. But hey, if you guys want to keep drafting him, I will be thrilled as, you know, you push better players down to me. So. <laughs> Happy for that. Now, top fallers, Joey, for the first time in like, God, I don't know, two months, Deshaun Watson's not on the list. He's finally fallen just about as far as he can go. So we don't have to talk about Watson for once. That being said, a lot of the top fallers this week are guys that we've talked about quite a bit on these shows. A lot of them feel like market corrections. For example, Daryl Williams is down a little bit he's a guy who has risen about you know 50 picks over the last two months after getting signed to the cardinals cameron Mm -hmm. Bray is down a little bit i think that's just market correction from you know how highly he he rose after the gronk retirement and then gronk himself is back down 20 Mm -hmm. spots after rising 20 spots last week after falling like 100 spots the week before so this is this is all just sort of the market like Getting a grasp on the wild swings that we've seen over the past couple of weeks, I feel like.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think that these are market corrections for sure.
0: Yep, The, the markets always tend to correct themselves. In terms of some other notable players, we're still on Alvin Kamara watch, awaiting news on his suspension for, uh, as you put it, beating the shit out of some dude in Vegas. You know, the drop is slow and steady with Kamara. He's down to running back 14 going at pick 31.8. And I still feel like there is room for him to fall when the suspension becomes official and we know how many games he's out. So I would still be hands off, especially right now in new tournaments where, you know, you'll have the opportunity to get his ADP lower, um relative to its current cost rather than, you know, tournaments that have already filled or could potentially fill by the time his suspension is announced. So, you know, for example, Puppy Two launched this morning. I wouldn't be touching Camara at R B fourteen when in, you know, two or three weeks you'll be able to get him as like R B twenty for example.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I don't think it makes much sense for the puppy to because that contest is going to fill in five days. So, you you know, you still have to be drafting Kamara at his ADP, but some of the contests that are still going to be up and running, you know, throughout the summer, Best Ball Mania 3, all of the drafters contests, DraftKings contests, I think that makes a ton of sense. But I will say I have actually drafted Kamara a little bit since the last, uh, time we talked about him on here and currently on drafters i have a 21 percent camara and i think that the suspension is is kind of baked into his adp at this point obviously his adp could still drop a little bit maybe around or so when or if it becomes announced but i think that there's also a chance that he doesn't get suspended before the season starts right they pushed his trial back to august 1st And the way the NFL goes about these legal proceedings is they let the legal stuff go through first, and this is how they've always done it. That's what they did with Watson, Zeke, et cetera, et cetera. They let that happen first. They let you know law do their thing, whatever, and then they come in and do their own investigation and then make their own ruling after, right? So if Kamara's legal process keeps on getting pushed back, the NFL will not be able to suspend him until that legal process is finished, and that legal process could potentially be pushed back until the season is over. So there is a realistic chance that Alvin Kamara isn't suspended at all this year. So I think for that reason, you could still be buying him a little bit, and I think it's definitely well within the range of outcomes that Kamara doesn't get suspended this year, and I think it's definitely in the range that a six-game suspension could turn into you know, a four- or a two-game suspension with an appeal, especially when you take into consideration the Watson suspension right now. How can you give Watson eight games if that's what he ultimately ends up getting and give Kamara six games? Like the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime for each of those. So I think that they'll have a nice argument there for his appeal. And I think ultimately there's a lot of outs for Kamara to play a full season or play a majority of the season. So for those reasons, you know, I'm in on him if you can get him like mid to late third round. And I've actually had some teams where, you know, I go two running backs early. I actually did a draft last night. I went Austin Eckler and then Saquon as my top two running backs from the seventh spot. And then Kamara fell to me in the middle of the third. And so I started Eckler, Saquon, and Camara as my top three running backs. And I kind of like those builds, to be honest.
0: I don't hate it, but, you know, I I think that the argument or speculation that Camara could get suspended, you know, during the year would be, you know, worse for him. Like, we would want him to be suspended at the beginning of the year, if anything, opposed to, like fantasy playoffs where all the money is made so i mean i would prefer clarity that being said i I mean i agree in general with everything you said that it it could end up being a shorter suspension and that for sure his You know, this suspension has been baked into his price the whole time, even when he was a late second round pick, because he would have been a first round pick without any of this. So I don't know. I, I don't hate buying Kamara. My initial tweet when this story dropped was that no matter how far Kamara falls, I'll be buying. So I think he's been a fine pick in the second round. I think he's a fine pick, an even better pick right now in the mid third. It's just all relative to price. And if he does fall, to say rb20 rb21 22 those teams will you know i'll still be drafting him at that price it's just that you know you'll have an edge on the teams who are investing uh in him at an at a more expensive price tag yeah. so it's more just theory of how the market reacts rather than um whether or not i think kamara is a good pick at his current price because i do
1: i mean i think that obviously if kamara gets suspended. You know, within the next month, month and a half, his his price will obviously drop. But I, I just think that there is a very good chance that he doesn't get suspended to start the season, and his price won't get any lower. Uh, so you so you might as well just be grabbing some shares of Camaro as it stands right now. And um, there was a article or recent report. Couple days ago, early July, and there's no timetable for an Alvin Kamara suspension right now. So, yeah.
0: All right. We will obviously keep you guys updated on everything we hear about Alvin Kamara. Now, the last guy that I want to talk about here is Corey Davis, who is, you know, a big part, I think, of the Jets wide receiver core. That being said, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. They obviously brought in Wilson, they have Elijah Moore. Corey Davis fits somewhere into this mix. He is dropping right now. His current ADP is wide receiver 70. He's down a half round right now. Um, He's the cheapest of the group by far. And I've found myself drafting Corey Davis. I, I don't think that he's necessarily a lock to be like the third target out of these guys. He could easily be, I think the second, he just suffered from a down year in an offense where Zach Wilson struggled and he dealt with injuries, only played nine games, but he was on pace to have a year similar to his breakout 2020 year with the Jets if if he had, you know, been able to stay healthy. So I'm not I'm not sure That Corey Davis has like a massive ceiling or anything, but I think relative to his price, he's still a good pick. And if he's if he's dropping, I'll probably start drafting him even more.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's currently going as the wide receiver seventy, so definitely a cheap price. And I think just in terms of this New York Jets wide receiver room, the, the range of outcomes is so wide. So you definitely have to capitalize on, you know, the cheapest piece of the offense because like you mentioned, there's no, you know, guarantee that he's actually the wide receiver three in the offense just from a historical production standpoint i mean Corey davis like just hasn't been a good producer at the nfl level right his best season is 984 yards and five touchdowns and that was in 2020 you know you said that was his breakout year that's kind of a trash breakout year to be honest <laughs> but yeah so i i think that elijah moore and garrett wilson are definitely just more talented players than Corey Davis and I think that's why their ADPs are the way they are but I definitely think there is a possibility that you know Corey Davis could emerge as you know the number two option in this in this offense above Garrett Wilson or you know god forbid there's an injury or something Corey Davis can can be the number one target on the offense and I think a lot of it does also depend on Zach Wilson and seeing a year two leap from him as
0: well yep Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And that is going to be it for episode 228 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on with the podcast or join the inner circle, you can do so via the free link to join our discord. You can find that in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.